0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this very jam-packed episode of The Young Minarchist. We've got a lot of stuff to cover because this week has been very rich in, in news media, essentially. There's been a lot of stories that broke this week. So, without further ado, let's jump into it. So, Basically, the first thing that I want to go over is is Donald Trump and his his Twitter account. Okay, so Donald Trump. I want to go over two of his his major tweets that he's made uh, in in the past in the past week. So the first one uh, occurred Thursday morning, I believe that's when it was, uh, and essentially Donald Trump was criticizing uh, the hosts of NBC's Morning Joe. Segment Because they were essentially being mean to him. They made some sort of a comment about how his hands were really small. And so here is what Donald Trump said. Uh, He said this uh, 24 hours ago, so basically Thursday morning. I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ crazy Mika along with psycho Joe came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted upon joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. Okay, President Trump should not be tweeting these kind of things. I am a pro-Trump person, okay? I, I do strongly believe that President Trump has the ability to turn our country around much better than Hillary Clinton did. But the problem is, is that President Trump does these kind of things that are be- beneath the dignity of the White House office. The fact is is that the White House is a very, very, or excuse me, the presidency is a very, very important role to, or a very important office, obviously, for our country. The President Trump is representing the United States. If President Trump cannot take some criticism on a random morning podcast, or excuse me, a random morning show on NBC, and he has to lash out against those people on Twitter, then then why is he holding the office? The fact is, is that Mr. Trump needs to dial this down. He should not be criticizing people, especially saying that they were bleeding badly from a facelift, which was actually untrue. Uh, They were saying, they were saying, it's just, it's just a crazy thing, okay? Mr. Trump, please, you need to, you need to just hands off the Twitter account for just a few minutes. You already have a presidential Twitter account, okay? So because you're the president, then now you have a Twitter account specifically for your presidency. But why do you still have your other Twitter account, the Donald J. -J Trump one that you just tweet all of these random things out on, which don't actually make anything better? Now, the fact is, is that the media is just blowing up about this. And I'm not necessarily criticizing Trump based upon the tweet itself. I'm not saying the tweet was just totally immoral and that President Trump's just a bad, bad person. I'm saying that it was not a smart thing to tweet out. It doesn't help President Trump enact any sort of policy. That's the problem. So what do we have a president for? We have a president to, first of all, represent our country, and second of all, make sure, as the head of the government, really, to push legislation that is that is that is good for our country okay but president trump by tweeting these things by attacking people he is not helping that cause that's the fundamental problem i have with his tweets a lot of times and when he tweets good things like attacking cnn for doing a fake story which we'll get into later that's a good thing but when he tweets random things about just random morning show hosts because they said something bad about him, that just destroys the credibility of our presidency. That is the major problem I have with President Trump's tweets. Now, the second tweet is actually one that he, his latest tweet uh, he made just two hours ago, which I thought was really cool, which was really, I guess, important to go over. He said, quote, Crime and killings in Chicago have reached such epidemic proportions that I'm sending in federal help. 1,714 shootings in Chicago this year. Now, I'm a little bit torn on this issue, whether or not I support it or I don't, but I mostly support it. Now, the 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 twinge of doubt in my mind is that I don't think necessarily that the federal government always has the jurisdiction to go into a city and 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 basically clean up that city when it should be the state's priority and the state's job. But here's the issue. What is our government created to do? As a minarchist, I personally believe that our government was created and the social contract gives our government the authority to protect people from violence. The government has the authority to protect individuals from uh, violations of life, liberty, and property. That's what our government was created to do. Now, the fact is, is that when individuals are not uh and because the state has not taken initiative to solve this problem, and because the city has not, then the federal government does have jurisdiction in this area. The reason why governments were created was to protect individuals from each other. Now that's why ultimately the government isn't, was not created to protect the individual from himself, because again that's where personal responsibility comes into play. But the fact is is that the government is uh, is justified in stepping into this situation because in Chicago these are these are very very bad Uh, these these are essentially murders okay so people are people are murdering each other and the government does have the job or the duty of stepping in and protecting the citizens that is one of the the few jobs that the government has and so I believe that President Trump is very 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 right in saying that he's going to send in the Fed to Chicago because the fact is is that if the federal government or the state government's not going to do it then the next step up is the federal government now President Trump does need to have a good policy to have in place he can't just send In the Fed and say, you know, go go crack down the city uh, and and, you know kill all of these bad people that are murdering each other. He he has to have a good policy to ensure that what he's going to do is going to reduce the crime in Chicago. But it is a good thing that President Trump is doing this. All right, so I've gotten President Trump's tweets out of the way. Hallelujah. Let's go on to the next major story that I'd like to talk about, and that is just a really quick thing about Trump Care. Trump Care was actually postponed until. Uh, until, like, basically the next recess of, uh, of, of Congress. Now, basically, the reason why it was postponed is because Mitch McConnell doesn't have enough votes in the Senate to pass it. Uh, so um, we have a lot of the Tea Party members and the more conservative side of the Senate come out against this bill because it doesn't repeal Obamacare. It doesn't do really a whole lot of good at all whatsoever. All it does is it basically just enacts Obamacare again, uh, shifts around the regulations, and then cuts Medicaid a couple years in the future, which is never actually going to happen. And if this law passes, the reason why that would be bad is because individual well first of all it kick a lot of people off of insurance without reducing the necessary regulations to ensure that they have the ability to go and shop around for different kinds of insurance okay so that's a major thing but the second thing is because after they pass this bill then Republicans are going to basically say hey look we repealed Obamacare we're just not going to touch this issue for until for for quite a while okay so unless if they pass this bill they're not going to actually repeal the actual Obamacare which is why people are coming out against it. This is a, a just a bad bad bill in general. So again that's good that it is being postponed until after the recess. Hopefully it just does not pass because if it doesn't pass then well Democrats really have to uh, have to own the, the Obamacare regulations that are just spiraling out of control right now. But if Trump enacts this policy and it continues to spiral out of control, which it will because it's just still Obamacare, then all the Democrats are going to pin it on the Republicans and the Republicans are going to lose in 2018 and 2020. That is what is going to end up happening. So we cannot pass this bill. It is essential that we don't pass it because the Democrats are looking for some sort of big you know, bad legislation that Trump passes. Uh Obama passed Obamacare, which is one of the reasons why all the Democrats basically lost the 2016 elections. So, again, President Trump should not be making the same mistake. Now, let's go into the next story here, which is a very sad story. So, basically, there is a baby in Britain that was mandated essentially to die under Britain's single payer uh, t- health care system. Uh, okay, so basically what happened is the European Court of Human Rights basically rejected an appeal by the parents of a critically ill baby that he should be allowed to undergo experimental treatment in the United States. That's from The Guardian. What happened was is that there's this little kid that has a, a very, very bad disease that can't be treated really uh, in, in, in Europe. They have to go to the United States in order to get treated from this illness. But what happened was the European Court of Human Rights said, no you can't go to the United States and undergo this experimental treatment because in our subjective opinion we don't think that it's going to work and we think it's going to prolong the baby's suffering. So what we are going to do is we are just going to pull the plug on your baby and essentially allow it to die. That is what the courts literally said. They said that it's better for him to die than undergo this treatment. And what really annoys me about this whole issue is that the family has the money to travel to the United States and to get this treatment. They're not even getting any federal funds or funds from their government at all whatsoever. No funds. All they're asking is for the go-ahead to take their son to the United States. And really the court should have no problem with that whatsoever. This is a severe overstep of government authority and I know that just doesn't have a whole lot to do with the United States but it's but it's important to look at what's happening in other countries. So what's happening in other countries can be a very good example of what to do in the United States and what not to do. This happened under a single-payer health care system and the reason why the single-payer health care system is bad is because the government runs all of health care. So If the government is able to run all of healthcare, they're able to step in and overstep their authority, especially in situations like this. This is just a big example of what happens when you get a single-payer healthcare system. The government just doesn't have the funds to continue to support the baby. And when they don't have the funds, then the parents don't get a chance or don't get to choose what to do with their child. Uh, the, the, The government does. Because remember, the government is in charge of the healthcare. The government is essentially in charge of the baby, which is reliant upon the healthcare. So again, this is this is so stupid. It's just it's just sad. I mean, this baby is just going to end up dying because the European Court of Human Rights said that they couldn't take him to the United States to undergo treatment to try to solve this issue. This is not the job of the government. This is the job of the parents. The parents have the ability to decide what to do with their child because, again, they have jurisdiction over the child. The government does not. There is no philosophical justification for any of this by our government. I, I, I You know, this is just very annoying to me. I, I think this is very immoral of the uh, of the European Court of Human of Human Rights it's just it's just bad uh, okay so now that we've gone over that let's go over the one of the biggest stories of the week and it broke last Friday is that CNN retracted basically a news story linking uh, linking Russia to the Trump campaign which was literally it was just based upon an entire lie okay so there's a really good quote in this article by the uh, New York Post that I'm trying to them trying to find. So basically, but but basically what happened altogether is uh, is basically what happened is there was a lot of people that, or excuse me, excuse me. um, Let's see here. Okay. So basically what happened is that CNN had some news journalists that went in and they found that basically a Russia investment firm, I believe, had close ties to the Trump campaign and the only source that they were able to quote was in an anom- an anom- an anom- I cannot talk an, ano- an anonymous source uh, in in the federal government that wasn't able to give his name give where he was from where he works- worked for essentially and CNN found out that the article was literally just posted it didn't go through the editorial process that it needed to go through and it ended up making three reporters resign now Here's here's the big here's the big issue I see with this. This is a very very big and bad thing that CNN has done. It's good that they took steps to correct the issue. All right. So what what we as the right need to not do is to not step into what the left oftentimes does, where they take one singular issue and they extrapolate the data to the point where it's it's not believable anymore. So they'll take one shooting. Uh, like the shooting that happened with with all of the con- congressional uh, the people that were in Congress in the baseball game last week, I believe uh, they they'll take one shooting like that and they'll extrapolate the data and say, well, look, this is such this is very bad because of the guns, the guns, the guns. We need to take away the guns from the people. Uh, this this story shows that the guns are bad. No, the fact is is that this CNN story does show that CNN has you know has put forward fake news. This is our literal fake news story, but not all of their news is is absolutely fake. Now, the impact from the news, the analysis on the news might be fake because analysis is just opinion, but the underlying facts are might not be fake. So, in this CNN story, the underlying facts were fake. They literally, I mean it was it was a fabricated fact that they based the entire story off of. But Um, not all of their facts are are ultimately fake and we as the right shouldn't criticize the CNN CNN or you know like New York Times or Wall Street Journal uh, by saying that all of their news is fake news because it's just not Uh, a lot of times people do both on the right and left quote all of these all of these uh, news organizations because they generally do have the facts right but they don't have the analysis of the facts right or they don't have the uh, the implication of the facts that are right so for example they'll take they'll extrapolate the data a lot so the data itself is okay but they'll take that data and they'll extrapolate it in analysis that's where we need to call them out on um, and so yeah we, we, we just need to make sure that the right is not doing the same thing that the left is doing by extrapolating the data on this news story but still it is a huge blow to CNN's credibility uh, I, I think it was very very responsible for them to allow this news story to to get through okay now the last big news story that we're going to go over is this thing called Kate's Law. Just very quick thing on it. Uh, President Trump actually tweeted, uh, I, I think it was just today. It was either today or yesterday. But he tweeted that Kate's Law has passed in the House, which is which is very good. So basically, Kate's Law is this law that that basically bans sanctuary cities for uh, illegal immigrants and people that have committed crimes. So in certain cities, it's Basically, the the state doesn't allow the government to come in and deport people that are here illegally uh, and and that have committed crimes, essentially. But under Kate's law, which has just passed the House, it would allow the government to step in to those cities and and deport criminals uh, from the United States. Now, this is very good because remember, what is the job of our federal government? The job of our federal government is to ensure that the people are safe and. Ensuring that people are safe involves making sure that people that come and in, come into our country are also safe. If they come in illegally, that means that they have violated the law in coming into the country, uh, and ultimately they they don't deserve to be in this country if they can't come in the right way. Now, I'm not saying that there should never be any sort of a. I personally believe in lowering, not necessarily lowering the standards, but lowering the time that it takes to apply for coming into the United States. Uh, I do believe that we do need immigration reform, but if people come in legally that just because our current system is bad doesn't mean that they should just be able to stay here. And these sanctuary cities really are not a check on government power. They are subverting the system uh, because the state doesn't really have the ability to say, hey, the federal government cannot take a criminal out of our city. We're just going to stop you from taking a criminal out of our city. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So the fact is, is that um, is that this is a good thing. Kate's law needs to be passed because it will get rid of these sanctuary cities, essentially, and allow the government to deport uh, illegal immigrant criminals. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major stories of the week, uh, we're going to go over the awesome philosophical concept for today. Now, the philosophical concept I actually wrote down on my notes is why consequentialism sucks now what is consequentialism you might ask well consequentialism is essentially where you can evaluate where basically it's the belief that an action is good based upon whether or not it brings about good results so there are no inherent there's no inherent goodness or badness about an action in of the action in of the uh, action itself basically so killing someone unjustly might never actually be wrong it just depends upon basically the uh, the the effects of that so for example it would be morally okay if we could go back in time to kill Hitler as a baby even though as a baby he didn't actually commit any any wrongdoing it would be okay to go and strangle him because that would you know that would probably bring about a good result in that Hitler never would have existed and there would never be all of these rights violations. Now, there's there's a couple of different problems with consequentialism and the problem is is that a lot of times the left will use consequentialism. They don't evaluate whether an action is good or bad in and of itself. They just evaluate whether or not uh... the the consequences of that action are good or bad to them so the first thing that's pr- that's problematic with this idea of consequentialism evaluating the morality of an action based upon the the effects that it causes is that it rejects a fundamental right and wrong or basically uh... it, it basically whatever produces the most good in our subjective opinions is what is good now, the problem with that is that well it's in our subjective opinions okay so it's it's really self-contradictory a little bit because it's not actually a standard for evaluating what is right and wrong. You're basically saying what is right and wrong is what pro- produces the most right and wrong. But what is the maxim for measuring what is right and wrong? Well, you don't have a maxim for me- measuring what. Is, excuse me. What is good? How do you know what is actually good? Is it people that have lived? Is it people that are you know is it the most people that would have would have lived? Is it the most people that would are you know made happy? Is it the most people that have had their quality of life increased? Like what what is what is the maxim for good uh, so so in reality there's not there's not any sort of good in, in in this and again going back to that original statement of that it rejects the fundamental right and wrong as in it rejects the state of nature there are some actions that are just wrong in and of themselves so that just because it produces a quote-unquote good action doesn't mean that it's it's right so for example I don't believe that lying in order to protect somebody is uh, you know, even if that might produce good action, I don't believe that that is a right action in and of itself, because lying to deceive, in my opinion, is bad. It is It, it violates a fundamental law of nature that individuals should not lie, because that covers up what is true. And thus, again, if if you come at it with a consequentialist point of view, then you basically say, oh, it's okay to do whatever immoral things that you might want to do because the action is not immoral. It just depends upon whether or not it brings about a quote-unquote good result. And again, going back to what I said earlier, you don't really know what a good result is. Is it when a bunch of people are saved? Is it when a bunch of people are are saved from dying? Is it a bunch of people when uh, when a bunch of people are are happier? Uh, it, there's really no maxim for measuring what is good. So, and, you know, we can apply this to a lot of different things that the left is pushing for. So, for example, a lot of the redistribution of wealth. They're saying that if there's more individuals that have more money, there's going to be more happiness in society. But they failed to address the fundamental immorality of redistribution of wealth because it's theft you are taking money from one person without their consent and you're giving it to other people in which in your subjective opinion you believe they need that money more than the first person but that's stealing I can't walk up to you and take out you know twenty dollars in your wallet and give it to a poor person on the street that's up to you to give your money to that other person and if that other person wants to rise up out of poverty then he should take steps to ensure that he is being a, a good citizen and he's trying to find a work uh, and things like that so it's it's really you know, both sides of that. He does need some extra funds outside of that, uh, a outside of what he himself can provide, but individuals need to make that choice themselves. The government cannot force them to do so. When they do, that is immoral in and of itself. But again the left says it's it's totally good to have you know things like Obamacare because that allows more people to have access to health care. But the the fact is, is that it's still immoral in and of itself. You cannot steal from people and give to other people. That is a immoral policy. You cannot do that kind of that kind of of a thing because, again, consequentialism doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's logically invalid, but that is the logic that the left oftentimes uses, even though they never actually use the term consequentialism. Okay, thank you guys for tuning in. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Young Minarchist. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Young Minarchist. You will find a bunch of tweets that I put on there about political philosophy and big government and why it's just, you know, logically invalid. And oftentimes you can see me debating uh, anarchists on there, which, you know, anarchists and minarchists, we do have a good amount in common, but we don't agree on everything. So thank you guys again for tuning into this episode. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Farewell.